You're listening to Soul Work with Sam, where we believe your soul is worth the work. We're on a collective journey to lead, live, and love better, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Now, this season, we've been talking about spiritual formation, and on today's episode, we're going to discuss the most important tool to our development. You guessed it, the Bible. It's time to open the book, y'all. You ready? Let's work. Hey fam, welcome to another episode. I'm beyond grateful that we're growing and I'm so happy to have you here. Now I'm excited about today's episode and this one's thick, so I'm going to get right into the main topic. In keeping with the nickname that Rufus gave me years ago, I'm going to give you a quick disclaimer. Yes, that is what he called me, sister disclaimer. It's terrible, but I've gotten better. (laughs) So here's my disclaimer today. Yes, we are going to discuss the Bible. But no, we cannot even begin to cover half of the pertinent positions and lessons of all that we must know or should know with just one podcast episode. Matter of fact, we're going to break this into two parts because the content is so juicy and rich and I respect y'all's time. Now, let's get to it. The Bible is the only piece of literature that is living. Thus, there are many trips that one could take in its study. But my focus for today is going to come from the lens of one who wants to be transformed by the Bible. We're not just reading it for information. We want to read it for formation. So I want to talk about the hurdles that can come with that. Why is reading the Bible consistently so difficult for many of us? And then I want to touch on three. Now, you know, I got my power three points. Here are the three requirements to optimize our time in scripture. And then I'm just going to close it out with the type of relationship that we can have with Jesus and the Bible. Now, yo, I hope you're as hype as I am because it's about to go down. Like by the end of this episode, especially if you're a newer believer, my hope is that a fire is lit for you to open your Bible and read it again and again. Now, before we get to the love part of the Bible, we got to touch the dislike because it's not that we hate the Bible. No, sir. No, no, no. I don't see us ever coming across a follower of Jesus that holds disdain for the Bible. Like the two just don't really ever go together. But that doesn't mean that we always like the discipline of reading it or the truth that it throws our way. So while we don't hate it, there are moments in our Bible reading journey that we don't love it either. And it's crucial for us to be honest in these moments of our faith walk because pretense, it's not working and it's got to go. So instead of prettying things up or trying to make things appear more holy or righteous than we are, there's a a quote, I think it's C.S. Lewis who says this, bring to God what's in you, not what ought to be. So when we think about why it is that it's such a challenge to read our Bible now, What are some of the obstacles that come to mind? I wrote down just a few. Number one, it can be hard to understand. Number two, some may find it to be very boring. Number three, some may feel like they don't have the time. They're just so busy. There's so much going on. They don't have the time. Others, they may not know where to start. 
Like, which book do I read first? Do I start in the Old Testament, New Testament? Here's one that I know hit me. It's uncomfortable. The stuff that it says in there, I don't, I don't really like that. <laughs> and here's another hard truth. I just don't want to. There may be moments in your Christian journey, you just don't feel like reading it. We gonna touch all of that. If any of these obstacles apply to you, just know that you're not alone. And even if they don't, bless your entire heart. Now, it's not uncommon for even the most devoted saint to fall out of rhythm with his or her reading. I'm going to dive deeper into these obstacles and how to overcome them in next week's episode. So consider this your episode teaser. But just know that if you've ever felt this way about reading the word, hold on. Help is on the way. Y'all remember that movie? Was that Preacher's Wife? I can't remember. It's, it's early. It's late. Here we go. Now let's jump right into these three needed components to optimizing our time in the word. See, these tips will sharpen our discipline and help us discover truths about God and ourselves that will transform us. Number one, posture. How is your heart positioned? This is fundamental to our entire formation journey. If my heart is lofty, I won't get much out of the Bible. And here's another thing. I understand that people perceive discrepancies or they believe there are contradictions in the Bible. So I want to be clear about this. Being unsure about something in the scriptures does not disqualify you as a believer. I'm going to say that one more time. (laughs) Being unsure about something in the scriptures, it doesn't disqualify you from being a believer. However, if you do not believe in the authority of the scriptures, you will not get much from reading the scriptures. And what's crazy is if you think about it, that's been the plan of the enemy all along, hasn't it? Genesis 3, God creates the heavens and the earth and man and woman and gives them dominion and instructs them to enjoy it, but also don't eat the fruit of this particular tree. And here comes that old serpent who says, did God really say that? And then he does it again in Matthew 4, this time after the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. That's a whole nother story time, but we doing that one next week. But he tries it again. He tries to usurp the authority of the scripture. He tries to undermine it. He does it with you and he does it with me. The unoriginal ongoing chatter of the enemy is to undermine the authority of the scriptures in our lives. Now, with Western society convinced that doing what makes us happy is our ultimate goal in life, it is easier more now than it's ever been to question the authority of a book written by many men many years ago. And yet, the posture of the heart matters when approaching this book because how I view it will determine my belief of it, not just of Jesus, but of myself. So some people have too low a view of the Bible. Um, There's a trend in progressive Christianity that essentially makes the Bible seem just a little bit more than a fairy tale, right? Like it ends up being a book filled with metaphors and allegories that make for fun, imaginative play, or it's a fun thing to think about, but to be led by, no thank you. So that's a low view of the scriptures. But then there are others who have too high a view of the scriptures, like the Pharisees. Yes, they studied and they read it, but for all the wrong reasons. 
They made an idol out of the word. And that's problematic too. So here's the self-reflection or the filter that you can use to see if you're doing this. If you're reading the Bible regularly, but you've become less loving, you're more judgmental, hypercritical, soul is just miserable, you are reading the Bible wrong. Because it was never meant to be weaponized as a tool of shame and dread that many people pompously use it for. So in our posture, let's make sure we don't treat it like a paperweight but neither make an idol out of its laws. Let's trust its truth like Jesus did. Heart posture is so key. Number two, and you know this is coming because we in season three and this is what we've been talking about. Practice. Practice? Yes, Alan Iverson, practice. You cannot circumvent the word. I remember vividly hearing the Lord say this to me years ago when I was in a season of reading everything around the word except the word itself. So I would listen to sermons, podcasts, I'd read all the books and be fascinated by its history. But crack the book open myself? Mm-mm. I thought I was doing okay if I was at least in the vicinity of the book. I was in the area. But the warning of the Lord, it helped me understand that nothing works but work. So it is when reading the scriptures. Yes, there are a plethora of supplemental tools that can help us understand the Bible, but the best way to understand it for real, you got to read it and then read it again. And then again, ask it questions. Yo, I'm straight up nosy with the text. Like, who is this person? And what does that mean? One of my biggest questions, I wonder what the Queen of Sheba was wearing when she met with King Solomon. Like, can you imagine all that Nubian royalty in one setting? Whoosh! <laughs> Don't be afraid to ask questions of the text. That's my point. It sparks the beauty of the text. See, the Bible is not just a book to be read, but it invites us into a life to be lived. It's a life of flourishing and joy, of peace with God and truth. But we'll never know this for ourselves if we don't simply open it up and dig in. Now, I'm not going to front. I use the terms juicy and rich with passages of scripture because I have found the Bible to be decadent. There comes a point in our reading that it will begin to feel like a feast, legit. So like Ezekiel said, eat the scroll, fam. It may be bitter in our mouths, but it gets sweet in our belly. That's for sure. And speaking of sweet, let's dive into point number three. Presence. Nothing sweeter than the presence of the Lord. Now, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Now, John perfectly describes for his Jewish and Greek audience that the word of God is the God of the word. As we read, we pray for his presence to be with us. This creates a powerful moment where we're no longer just reading the scriptures, but the scriptures are reading us. Now, there's such a sweet feeling when you're reading your Bible and the Lord graciously and gently shows you something about the text you didn't see before. Listen to me. You let that thing get down to your toes, it's over. Like, (laughs) I've been known to holler real quick when it gets good to me. We get hype over sports. Why not get hype over the book? And no, we're not just reveling for the sake of revelation. 
this caveat is important as sometimes we can make the mistake of seeing the revelation as more significant to us than the revealer himself. Uh Uh-uh, no. We seek most for him, not for information about him or information about what he said. The difference thereof is life-changing. Now, practicing the presence of God, it cannot be done successfully without consistent reading of the word of God. Winding down here, but here's the thing about spiritual formation. It begins at surrender. To put it another way, Robert Mulholland, who was an author and theologian, he says it like this. The great challenge of this spiritual life is learning to give up the illusion of control, which is another way of saying learning to trust in Jesus. Well, the act of reading our Bible, of committing to this particular spiritual discipline, it is evidence of our trust and love of Jesus. If the purpose of formation, the end goal of this journey is to be more like him, then I'll not only do what he did, but I'll love what he loved. The journey of formation puts me on a path that will reshape and reorient my loves, which in turn reshapes my identity. Now, remember in episode one, we really are who and what we love most. Now, it's evident by the way he spoke, what he did, and who he was that Jesus loved the scriptures. He obeyed the scriptures and he trusted them fully to satisfy him. Fam, if Jesus did it, so can I. So can you. Now, I'll leave you with this last quote from a writer, Andrew Wilson. This man is bad. He's been blowing my mind lately. But he sums up our understanding of what the Bible should be in our lives. He says it this way. Ultimately, our trust in the Bible stems from our trust in Jesus Christ, the man who is God, the king of the world, the crucified, risen, and exalted rescuer. I don't trust in Jesus because I trust the Bible. I trust the Bible because I trust in Jesus. I love him and I've decided to follow him. So if he acts and talks as if the Bible is trustworthy, authoritative, good, helpful, and powerful, I will too. Even if some of my questions remain unanswered or my answers remain unpopular. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Say la sugar. Now, yes, The Bible can be uncomfortable, challenging, and at times dense. There may be moments where reading it feels mundane and irrelevant for the times we're in. But the Bible is foundational. It is the book that puts us on the path towards freedom, hope, and life. It has the ability to meet us where we are and train us unto godliness. Further, this is the book that Jesus trusted with his life. It's the book that gave him his identity. If the Bible can do that for the one we love, certainly it can shape us. So if our posture is correct and our practice is consistent, we'll soon find ourselves reading of purpose in his presence. It's time to dive into the word and feast on its riches for our soul's sake. Let's move from reading for information to reading so that we may be formed. An open book read by an open heart, can lead to a transformed life. Happy reading, friends. Fam, thank you for being with me today. That is our show. 
If you're looking for more, soulworkwithsan.com is the website. San Pope is the IG. I would love to connect with you. Now, please, if this episode blessed you, will you share it with your friend and your friend's friend? Subscribe for more free episodes delivered to your device and leaving a review, it helps spread the news of the show. Can you do that, please? And thank you. Let's heal together, fam, because this is our journey. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.